You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, Alex. Hey, Nick. I was trying to finish up my pizza before I spoke, but um. Yeah, no. You just just keep on keep on eating. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Uh, nothing chewing. new there. You eating into your microphone, chewing mm. in your microphone. I'm used mm. to it. Mm. I, I do. Uh, so so you know, before we opened this, we mm. were just talking about how we need to switch up the cold opens. We, we know, do. We, we just need some fresh into, material, I think. Yeah, we've been getting into a little bit of... It's kind of stale. As somebody who comes up with fresh material for a living, I was hoping maybe you could help us out. I got fresh material for you. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Okay. We're going to do word association. Okay. I love it. I love so it. I'm going to say a word, and then you say the first word that comes to your head, and then I'll say the first word that comes to my head, and we'll just like see where this goes. You know what I mean? Like, let's be, let's be improv actors. I hate improv actors. So great. This is going to go so Let's well. Let's do it. Okay. Owl. Tree. Beer. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, I thought we were going back and forth. Got Alex. Is it, is it just me? It's, it's, we do it back and forth. So this you, is why I, I failed at improv. Look, I'm going to tell you, I took, I signed up for improv classes one time. Yeah. And they kicked me out. Why? Because I couldn't make it one day. I was like, I was like, hey, like you guys have like 19 classes a week. Uh, I booked a job or something like that. And I was like, can I just, I know I signed up for the Sunday at two o'clock, but can I do the Monday at four o'clock? And they're like, no, like only the one you signed up for. I'm like, well, I can't do that anymore. They're like, okay, well, no refunds. And I never went back after one class. Well, so I'm terrible at this game. So, all right, let's start over. Let's start over. Boat. Murder. Little Justin, little Justin, little Justin. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Little Easy. Justin. Easy. Done. People say improv's hard, but I don't know. That was... It's so easy. It's so easy. Of course. I'm Nick Walker. Uh, who are you? I'm Alex Smolo. And today we Improvist. have Improvist. Improv actor. Improv. Improvis- Improviso. Improvisimo. We'll Improvisimo. ask we'll ask Jenny about it. We'll we'll ask her to tell right. us what the correct pronunciation is. But to, more importantly, today we have possibly the best guest we've ever had in our life. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 We've had some good ones on here. We've we've really run the gamut. Uh and we've yeah. had very but but rarely do we have somebody on who fills a deeper emotional yep. hole. She, you know. It, really is you know somebody who walks in the room and you just know that the world makes sense you know you know that everything just fits um yeah. you know she is an she is an actor she is she is a a grad student at the is university. she an improvisimo sarah are you an improvisimo not really so, it was no. really, it, I, I didn't mute my mic for that entire intro, and it was really, really hard to not laugh out loud. <laughs> my mouth has been over, like my mouth has been covered <laughs> by my hands this entire time. That's good. That's what we want. You we see, do you see how I crack your wife up, Nick? Do you see how, how much joy no, she gets from, from I, me? I don't you're see just it. so funny, Alex. You're just, you're really, you really are an amazing improv actor. Thank you so much. I don't know you're where it welcome. comes from. Where my ideas uh, come from, you know. I hate I get that question. Where do your ideas come from? Because I don't know. I, they come. It's just 
it's unblocked inspiration from above. Comes, I'll tell you where it, it comes is. from. It comes from the, the racist backwoods of Pennsylvania. That's where it comes from, right there. <laughs> we're very cynical out there, yeah. <laughs> but, but we're, the, we're, we're cynical people. We're, we're cynical we're, people, these backwoods Pennsylvanians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but and, yeah, pretty racist too. Yeah. Sarah Joyce is our guest. <laughs> Why we haven't said fully who this is. This is my, my, my amazing, amazing uh, uh, wife, Sarah Joyce. Um, life partner. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Welcome. Welcome Thank you. The I'm first so of, official happy to time. Be here. You've been here on and off, like in unofficial capacities, but now you are in the hot seat. You're the guest. Oh, oh my! I'm I'm a little I'm a little frightened and, and grateful and mm. and and worried and concerned and, and joyful and the whole thing. Just like our marriage, just just the same. <laughs> Just joyful and concerned, <laughs> so and scared little, and anxious. Yeah, scared and and when's it gonna be over? Nervous. Yeah. Just counting down, <laughs> counting down the days. Sarah, so, so how? So you know, obviously, I mean, it's funny because so as we record this, right? Uh, we are, you know, Sarah is literally in the living room, uh, next door. So like, I can't see her. You know, as we record this, it's very, it's very sad. It's like, oh my god. I, I want to point out, uh, just to try to, just to try to drive a little more division between you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick, you have for this podcast, you you have a a nice professional microphone. You said I didn't know if this would be clear. Edit and and Sarah has been left with a headphone microphone. Sarah, if uh, at any point you want to just come into this room, you like, have you the right ability. Now. I'm not, I'm not saying she needs to be in there with you, but. If I was you, if I was a gentleman uh, or trying to be a gentleman, I would I would give her the good mic and I would, you know, bring myself down. But I, I guess you're you think that you're more important. That's Sarah, not. So. See, this is project- Sarah, do you see what's happening here. I really appreciate that, Alex. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really grateful for that. I, I, I do, knew. do you need anything? Do you have everything you need, like a glass of water, or you know, Nick, Nick can go get it for you. I have the water bottle that I filled up myself. I have the blanket that I put on top of myself. Oh, that I sounds have, so comfy. I have our cat that's 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 on my legs right now, so I can't really move. Amazing, and a husband who who just gives you the crumbs. I get it. Crumbs, no, nothing but crumbs. Door is closed. Nice microphone is hidden. It's, <laughs> It's, it's, it's our marriage. It's, it's our marriage. marriage. This is this is a metaphor. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a great episode. Um, this is gonna be great. So Sarah, Sarah is obviously in San Diego. She is now, as we record this, on winter break from grad school. So the first question, of course, Sarah, is how has the first semester of grad school been? How was this? This was an experience that, for those of you who are joining us, uh, you know, coming from the Hamilcast, you had talked about auditioning for grad school, and then you got into, you know, a pretty amazing grad school. Um, I, I would dare say one of the, you know, I think what rated the, the fourth, the fourth best rated grad school in the nation. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Um, you know, so you're, you're doing this, this incredible thing. And, and now you are, free at least for the next four weeks so how how was that first semester how did that go uh it was very very challenging um yeah the the schedule the schedule is wild it really really is because for a few years i was auditioning for programs uh and they're all very very hard to get into uh and then i got into uh the one that i really wanted to go to which is great and then i got here (laughs) oh my goodness it's just I, I 
I haven't I haven't read I haven't read this many plays in like a in like a two three month period and I think my eyes still hurt from from reading all the plays that I read but I'm it was I don't think I've ever been so exhausted but so happy before in my life so it's been this this That's is amazing. what this is what a lot of you know like new 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 parents say uh you know after after they have a kid but this is this is what I'm saying about this getting is my MFA. See, because in my in my head, the idea of going back to college is really appealing, especially after a year of like isolation and quarantine. Like mm. the thought of going back and being forced to like study a lot and learn new things and and get practice in without like you know where you're just focused on doing that one thing is, is it is it as as gratifying as it sounds to step back into that environment? You know, it really, it really, really is. And it's, it's interesting because at our age, like we're, we're proper adults now we're in our early thirties and I, I am so much more secure as a human being. Mm. Um, so being able to take in all of this information as a student, um, there, there's so much more critical thinking. There's a completely different perspective I have now just as a student, as opposed to, you know, when I was in conservatory in my early twenties and I was just <laughs> a mess and <laughs> just try, trying, to, trying to like do check off and shape gear. <laughs> I was an insecure, broke mess <laughs> in my early twenties. So it's, yeah. And what is it, what has it been like with, with COVID too? Oh my God. So it's, it's, it's been a blessing and a curse to be honest with you during COVID. It's, it's such a blessing to be so focused on school right now Mm -hmm. because it's still happening. Granted it's happening on zoom, but having this extreme focus, on something right now, especially on something that you love. Um, and, you know, and, you know, we get a, the students get a stipend for being here, which is really, really fantastic. So if, if I wasn't in grad school right now, um, I would just be unemployed during <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> so that, that would <laughs> really, it, it would have been a challenge. Let's, let's just yeah. say that. So it's, it, it's been a blessing, but also the curse part of it is that, you know, it, it is completely over Zoom. So all of all of our scene work is happening through laptops. All of our classes were in our apartments, logging right. to Zoom. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because like you're you're doing you're doing work, uh, you're doing acting for stage, but inevitably because you have to do all of your scene work over a camera, you're actually you're doing film. So and it's it's so it's bizarre because we we did the fall shakes this year the fall Shakespeare show that's associated with the globe was a midsummer night's dream um and you know we all filmed it in our apartments um and it's it's just like they they dropped off a dropped off a professional camera the sound crew gave us microphones they dropped that's off amazing. costumes I did my fitting via zoom and then every day like I was called at like nine and depending on who I was playing I was playing Titania and Hippolyta so I either had to have all these create I had to do my own like makeup lighting it was it was utterly insane but it was also really cool because we got to learn about all of this stuff and you know now now we can set up lighting for auditions like like yeah it's like a a nice skill set such a weird situation though it's so bizarro like 
I, Twilight Zone. I gotta, I gotta jump in here because I will say, as somebody who's who got who's had oh, some, shit, you're still here. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just it's it's Alex. He's just such a captivating person to yeah, talk to. I got, you know what I, I mean? got so caught up in in the the energy of our conversation, Sarah. I just forgot. I That's mean, so cool. I'm never not caught up in your energy. I could vomit i could vomit <laughs> on both of you um no but i think that's one of the i think you know as somebody's gotten to watch sarah um do this i think that's one of the wonderful things has been kind of the the way that she's been able to um adapt to this new situation and you know it's it's especially for people who are studying theater and studying classical theater i mean like this is this is like literally could be one of the worst situations because like you can't you know you can't be in the same space that that is theater that is literally what theater is um and even i mean that's kind of what film is too but i what i've loved has been um you know watching watching kind of the malleability of of how sarah you know if i'm if i may gush how you have approached your curriculum and how you've approached these classes and um it really has been I mean, quite and just being being real, just really inspiring to see you tackle this schooling. And like the schooling is still hard. I mean, these people are, you know, when I tell you that these people are working her, um, she, you know, she has class from 9 a.m. to 5 and then usually has rehearsal from 6 to 10. So and that's Monday. Sorry, that's Tuesday through Saturday. So it's I mean, it's a full work schedule. I mean, she's she's going. And, um, but you, you have, you have done it and, and you're continuing to do it and you have done it while at the same time finding time to maintain your sanity and your emotional health and your physical health. And that is, that is really, really wonderful. So I'm just very proud of you. Very proud, very proud as your, as your husband. Oh, thanks, Nick. Thank you so much. That was really sweet. Yeah. You know, she's my wife. He's my wife. I mean, the key to getting through stuff like this is is to keep it new, right? Like you really want to keep things fresh. Um, the, the key, 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 uh, new. And you've done it so. Problem was like you have pivoted so so early, so per so early and so poorly, well, like early was, and poorly. Well, this one. Oh my god! No, fourteen fourteen minutes. Is not too early. I mean, not too early. Because no. because we need we need a lot of pre before we get into selection. We need a lot of we do need a lot things. of a lot so of conversation. We've gotten all the what's up with everybody's life out of the way. Like you already know this stuff about Sarah too. You're asking these questions like you're interested about finding out the answer. But you know, <laughs> you, see, you know the these things. You're, you're acting right now. You know, you're you're, I'm not you're false. You're a false no, person. I'm, I'm not acting. You know, you know. I consider myself a a conduit for the people. I'm here to ask ah, questions. I see. So that the people yeah. can gain further knowledge and insight into you're, Sarah's yeah, life. You're like a, like a lawyer. You know, I ask no, a no, question, you don't know no, the answer to. I am not an advocate for her. I am but a a looking glass. Do you know what I mean? I'm I am oh, the God. the These are lens. All so Keanu. This is all very Keanu. <laughs> and all so Keanu. I'm <laughs> lost. I'm I'm completely lost right now. <laughs> Just like our marriage, uh, and that, that's, <laughs> just like our just like our couple therapist, just like couple every day. Um, <laughs> but, so lost, so lost, so um, confused. No, well, 
Keanu is uh, so Alex attempted to do a uh, pivot and it was terrible. But Keanu is is the subject of today, which is why you're here because when I told Sarah that Keanu was happening, it was kind of like like we knew we kind of wanted to bring Sarah on, and then when I told her, it was kind of like yeah, I, Sarah had, Sarah's going to have a lot to say about this the Keanu movie. Like, what is your connection? Can, can you just break down, Sarah, just a little bit of your connection to <laughs> Mr. Reeves uh, and his work? Because I feel like I feel like you actually this is a very deep subject for you. This is like very, very deep cut. Like, t- take us through it. Listen, OK, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been a lifelong Keanu Reeves fan, even through all of the the mockery and the hazing and all of this other nonsense. Ever since I was a child, I have always been a Keanu Reeves fan. I would have been, I was like nine years old defending this man's work to the masses. <laughs> um, I, I, I can get into it now. Like, like, you know, my background on Keanu Reeves, first of all, he's a very talented comedian Second of all, when he was, what, like, fucking 22 years old, when he was really, really young, Fox was just like, hey, you, we're going to put you in this movie. We're going to ask you to leave this film for our studio. I know we're in a kind of a different time now, but in, like, the early 90s, how many people in their early 20s could have done that? I mean, have I done that? Have you done that? That is a that is a hard thing Big to ass. accomplish, <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, um, and I, I think a lot of people who comment on maybe, you know, his quote unquote, really chill energy that translates into stupidity. I really don't think that they're well versed in his entire body of work and mm. how he actually does have some freaking talent. You know, and it's just, uh, yeah, it, it goes deep, Sam. It goes deep. So th- 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 I'm glad that you brought this up because this is something, you know, I, I watched, uh, you know, again, at the time of this recording in the past couple of weeks, a video game is called out called Cyberpunk 2077, um, which uh, if you haven't, I, I'm not, a, I don't play video games, but you I don't do play video games. Yeah, but you watch, you I watch, watch video uh, games. Is that- <laughs> I love what I will fall asleep to a good to a good cutscene compilation. And so I have watched all eight hours of cutscenes from Cyberpunk. See, it's probably for the best. So I'm in the middle of playing it, but it is it is a buggy mess. They released it way too early, so I it's probably that. better to just watch all of the cutscenes. Sarah, have you heard of this video game? Not really. So, so this is this video game is like a. I mean, it's Cyberpunk. It's like a you know first person. Um, crazy. It's like a Will- the world of William Gibson, basically yeah. like Neuromancer. Like it's all people. And and the Matrix, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of fits with Keanu because of that. It's it's digital, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like a, I mean, cyberpunk, like literally cyberpunk, like a, yeah. cyberpunk world where people are kind of half dystopian digital yeah, future. Dystopian, yeah. yeah, people are kind of half half machine, half man. But 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 Keanu Reeves is the star of this video game. Um, he is he is a character named Johnny. Oh my God, Silverhand. Silverhand. Thank you. And uh, it's he he like is your your spirit guy is the best way to. He's basically like he plays this this like this like bio terrorist who who dies, but his consciousness is transplanted. He's a rock star who like decides to go blow up a building one night after his concert, and like he he gets his he's like a bad guy, and he gets his consciousness transplanted onto a little chip, 
that then the actual main character of the game, like 50 or 60 years later, ends up having to like, you know, whatever, put it in his own head. And then so this guy basically just has Keanu Reeves in his head for the whole game. Oh my God. Every time you go to a mission or something, he just like pops up and he makes some snarky comment about it because he's he's kind of like like, an asshole. And he's sitting there like, 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 get out of here, Keanu. Like like the devil on your shoulder, just like talking to you the yeah. entire time. And it's like, it's, imagine if you had that in your life. Like if any decision you made, Keanu Reeves popped up like sitting on a table nearby and just made some comment about it. Like some about how stupid you were. So I, I would actually be a very happy person. Right? <laughs> you need to watch some of these cutscenes here because you will laugh your ass off. They're like truly <laughs> ridiculous with him. It's like, he's like He's got like, he's like in his full like John Wick hairstyle, you know, like the, like the lightly bearded, like fully full long flowing hair. But like also in like this like tank top and like tatted up and like these tight cargo pants. And it's just, he just looks oh my insane. goodness. It's insane. Um, but it's so good. But yeah, it's so it's. But but I, I say this because um, the reason I'm glad you know, circling back to the original point of this, I'm glad that you brought this up because so one of the one of the many benefits of being married to Sarah is her introducing me to several worlds of film. Right, I I consider myself a a, a lover of movies, but I you know when I started this marriage, admittedly had a very 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 specific era i would say it was from 1993 to 1993 and had to do with Jurassic Park. <laughs> and sarah sarah has very much expanded that and one of the things she's expanded has been showing me that keanu reeves has range and and like kind of and kind of very much advocating that and that that is something that um i have really loved opening up to um you know, so I mean, it's it. it I, to your point, Sarah, I think I think that that is something that we kind of have associated with him is like this this kid who just can't act and you know got into the movie business. But it was it was it was a bit of a, a smear, like you said, a smear campaign. Like it yeah. was. I mean, let's let's break it down a little bit. I mean, about about what is the Keanu fact? Like, what is it that people see on the surface of Keanu? Like, what is a Keanu Reeves movie? What is a Keanu Reeves performance? Because uh, it goes deep. But when we did Nicolas Cage, it was kind of the same thing. It's like you, you shoehorn him into this idea of who he is, but but there's actually a lot more. But like, who who is it yeah. that people I, see? I think that shoehorned idea of who Keanu Reeves is, it, it, I, I think it really does get its inception from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, think that, that was like the, the genesis of it? Yeah, I think that's where... I think that's where Fox, once we start talking about kind of how Fox put him in career jail for a minute, um, mm-hmm. I think they kind of pulled from that. But I think he did get a reputation and he got a bit of, um, you know, he was typecast after that kind of like, whoa, kind of dumb right. energy. And that that kind of, and he's played a few characters like that. It was um, in parenthood he got cast as, as, as that, even after, you know, the sequel of Bill and Ted. I, I think it's, I think that's where the inception is. Right. And it kind of runs through, it kind of runs through more stuff. Cause you move into movies like point break, uh, stuff like that, where like it's a more serious, like he has a more serious profession. He's got a bigger world than just being like a dopey stoner. Uh, but he still carries that, like how much is really going on behind those eyes? Keanu? Well, <laughs> like how much is, no. How much is really going on behind those eyes? <laughs> you, you good? You good, Keanu? You good? You, you good? Like, but that's the question, right? Because he he it seems like either 
there it's in one ear and out the other and he's just happy to be there or he's really processing it and just not projecting it in a normal way. You never know. I, I think in Point Break, he, he was playing an FBI agent. And I think with, with FBI agents, you have to be clean, crisp, you know, to the point. Right. Uh, you have to follow the rules. You really, really do. And you have to kind of blend in and be that person that people don't really notice. And I think I think he, you know, brought that into his performance. <laughs> then he, he developed a very deep and beautiful friendship. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, let me, no. okay, let me, Sarah, let me, let me ask you this because this is, we, we actually had this, this brief talk a couple of days ago about, not a couple, it was like a couple of weeks ago, I think, about Johnny Depp. Um, maybe it was about, maybe a couple of months ago. Oh my God, I forget. Um, but do you remember the talk we were having? This was, where, this was like last week. This was like last week. There you go. I'm guys, I, I just started my, you know, like it's crazy. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to remember details, dates. Do you know what I mean? It's like memento over here. Uh, but, you know, we, <laughs> This was last week. (laughs) Listen, it's 2020. All the weeks blend together. We don't know where we are. We don't. We don't even know if we're going to survive. We're just making it day by day. Uh, Thank you for being a friend. Um, You know, it's it's uh, Johnny Depp. The Johnny Depp, uh, you know, quandary, uh, conundrum. The idea that this is, you know, actors who have training, right? Actors who have that specificity of thought in their line, in their delivery. Um, you know, people who are able to bring um, something that that seems crafted to a performance, and and the, and the, and and then the actors who are more their personality, right? They're just kind of showing up, and nothing like a, there's no judgment in any of this. This does not make you less of an actor, but there's the, you know then there's the actors who who show up and and kind of have that personality and. Um, just just appear on screen and that's what you get and that's and that's what it is and then there's the actors who can kind of do a, a blend of both like we'd said that Rachel Weiss is um, you know her, one of her gifts is that she is a clearly an actor of craft but is also it, it, it's just so natural right she has probably done pages and pages of work um, on every character she plays but you you would never feel that she is acting something it is always just grounded and central in her and never feels forced in any sort of way as opposed to a you know as much as i love daniel day lewis daniel day lewis is coming in to act do you know what i mean right. like you're seeing this man act and and there's not there is that kind of performance quality to it and so where do you my question to you sarah is where do you feel keanu falls in that kind of spectrum um you know is he is do you i mean not without you know knowing his preparation or maybe you do what do you feel that he's more of a craft actor do you feel he's more personality do you feel he's more craft that ends up feeling like personality like what what do you feel that is what's your gut I I think that's a good question and we um we were we were talking about I think the conversation we had was kind of comparing Johnny Depp's work as a character like Johnny Depp's work to kind of Brad Brad Pitt's work or even Leonardo DiCaprio's work when we were having this conversation and I was like well you know it's kind of like Rachel Weisz and I don't know like Kate Kate Blanchett because Kate Blanchett she's very much a character actor and she can disappear into any single role whereas Rachel Weisz's work I wouldn't necessarily call her a character actor I wouldn't say that she completely disappears and blends she always brings something that's quintessentially her and what is quintessentially Rachel Weisz is just there's always a grounded intelligence but it doesn't it doesn't even matter who she plays 
like be it Evelyn Carnahan and the mummy or even <laughs> that fucking Jack Black movie where he made that like <laughs> poo spray. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. What? Yes. yes. She played his wife in that movie. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Weird. Yeah, it was a whole thing. But in terms of where Keanu Reeves kind of kind of falls on that spectrum, I feel that he's more of an uh, he goes by feeling. He's more of just an instinctual feeling actor. Uh, you know, Johnny Depp isn't isn't formally trained, and I I don't believe Keanu Reeves is either. Um, I think a lot of the actors who kind of came out of that era, I think the film industry was just trying to capture straight up essence. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but yeah, I I, I like think a George Michael music video, just the essence. <laughs> the essence of George. I I made Nick uh, watch some George Michael music videos the other night, um, and Some it was a really just just randomly like, "Hey, Nick, get over here! You gotta see this." <laughs> it George was like, Michael music videos. It was like three George Michael music videos. I forget I forget what started it. It was it was. But, I think we were singing "Freedom," and then you're like, "Oh, I want to see this uh, one." The thing is, oh, Sarah, wait, no, we, we were watching Always Sunny bloopers, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, now I want to watch." The freedom music music video from like, when they did. Of course, this is your guy's life is just sitting around <laughs> watching always sunny bloopers together. That's literally all we do. Transitioning to George Michael music videos, accurate, and then ta- and then talking about the mummy. Like yes, <laughs> all, all <laughs> um, but <laughs> to, to to get back to your question. I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a character actor. No, no, he. I don't believe Keanu Reeves is that. But there, he he does have range. Like if you if you compare his performance from one of my favorite comedic performances from Keanu Reeves is his work in the movie I Love You to Death. He plays this drugged out punk of a guy um, who's he shares all of his themes with William Hurt and he plays like this hired hitman, but he is so incredibly funny in this movie. If you compare that role to his role in Constantine, they're so, they're, it, it's like, it's like night and day. It's very, very different. Um, but I wouldn't say he completely transforms. He, he does have a proper energy that he brings to every single character uh i think i think there there's an there's an ease maybe a bit of an aloofness <laughs> but there's definitely there's definitely an ease there that i that i personally love you know mm-hmm. and can i say can i say this and this is the other thing that you just that, that you just made me think of i will say keanu i feel like without knowing again without knowing him without ever having been on set with this man and watching his process i feel like this is someone who has picked up tricks of the trade as he's gone along because the Keanu that we're seeing now he's like just his just in general how he uses a camera is incredibly different from the oh, Keanu yeah. that you there is seen. a reason he has lasted this long and there is a reason why he is still on top yeah, yeah. He ain't well, dumb. Do, you, do you think when he gets selected for a role and and a, you know from a director do, do you think that he gets chosen more specifically now because like early in the 90s he's like a a pretty boy young actor and they're sticking him in whatever blockbuster they they have whether he fits or not he's just you know a big actor they're going to make him a big actor now 
he is Keanu Reeves. He's got such a history and such a persona. Do you think that the stuff that he does is a lot more selective of Keanu Reeves, almost like tailored to him specifically? Um, and maybe that's why he's, you know. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. When when Nick and I were watching the John Wick movies, we were kind of talking about how those films really, really play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's such a physical actor. He can move really well. He can do all these things. Um, but <laughs> some, something that Nick said that did make me kind of just like, that did that did kind of spark the Keanu Reeves debate we had in our relationship was like you know I really Nick said that he thought that the people who created John Wick played his strengths by giving him very few lines and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> I mean okay. no, he no, has not, arrange, he has well, to arrange a new thing <laughs> yeah he does he does. and Sarah and you showed me you showed me a movie and I don't want to just in case it's your choice I don't want to I don't want to get into that movie is that movie your choice that's is that the movie that no no the movie that we watched in response to my comment oh no no i I don't think that's i don't think that's my choice but alex to answer your question you know i i i do think i i i do think at this point in keanu reeves's career i think i because he has such a because he's worked with so many different people i think they know who they're hiring i think they know what they can get but they, I, mm-hmm. I do think they're also intelligent because they know he can be very serious. They know he can be incredibly funny and very, very charming. Um, so yeah, I, I think they know what they're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Keanu. He's he's he is he's really done so much stuff. I'm like thinking, just thinking about all the different stuff that he's done. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, so before before we get into well, first of all, uh, you know, we need to as always take a commercial break or just a break because you know maybe when you're listening to it, there's not a commercial yet. Sometimes we'll never know. We'll never know. We just we just know that we need to break and then we'll come back. Um, but when we come back, uh, you know, we'll get into our movie choices. So like, we'll see you on the flip. Uh, you know, enjoy our ad revenue, you sons of bitches. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back. See how quick that was? It was so quick. It was amazing. Easy. Edit point. Um, but, but this is, uh, so before we get into the movie choices, I wanted to ask about this because um, this is something that I think we sometimes run into on the show. Are we picking mm-hmm. the quintessential Keanu Reeves movie or our favorite Keanu Reeves well, movie? Well, I think especially because we've got three of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I 
I like to, in this situation, pick one that's not, maybe not the best or not even the quintessential, but has an interesting talking point to it. Yes. Uh, I think between the three of us, we will land on the best, the most Keanu-y Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if not, I, there, there's no way that we're not going to, like, we're going to talk about, uh, we already have talked about so many of his other, yeah, his other his works, works, right? There's yeah. so many options. Um, yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, okay. <laughs> I know you asked, you know, to, 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 to make some choices. And whenever I, whenever you ask me to like make some choices, I, I'm not sure if I can, <laughs> but I, I, I think I have one or two choices and then I have just a few honorable mentions. <laughs> we love that. That's going to be really fun. Well, I mean, you, you will go, you will go last as you are a guest of honor. So we, <laughs> we will save yours for the, for the last bit. Um, if you're just joining us for the first time, which, you know, maybe you are like, welcome. Um, awesome. How we do this is we, you know, we set this up, uh, you know, we, we, we describe the first, you know, 30 seconds to five minutes of the movie until uh, another one of our intrepid travelers guesses what the movie is. You, I think we'll all be able to guess these movies pretty quickly. I'm assuming that we will all guess each other's movies very quickly. I'm also wondering, Alex, if you and I might have chosen the same one. I know that we've talked about several Keanu Reeves movies uh, yeah. throughout the course of this show. And I think yeah. there's one or two that get kicked around a little more. Yep. And I'm that I chose one of those. So uh, we may have, we may have, and it's a weird choice because it's not, it's not quintessential Keanu. But I think in ter- if we're talking about his range, I think it's a, a revelation of of his a potential. Range. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll, you know what? Then I'll go first because mine is quintessential Keanu. Mine is like quintessential Keanu in a movie that quintessential Keanu potentially does not belong in whatsoever mm-hmm. uh don't 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 like like don't let him do that in this movie or don't <laughs> or, please, or please help him like 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 they, like you know please find something different i mean though and i think that's kind of the whole my 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 perspective on the whole movie is like do something different and not just with keanu i think i think this movie in general is just like good lord so you guys are gonna get this right away because we open with flames. Devil's advocate. <laughs> That's the one I picked. Here. Let me tell you guys. That was that was mine. I love it. I love that we went to the same one. <laughs> I knew we would. Because it's so wrong. I'm sorry I didn't think. Please. Kevin Lomax. John Milton. Nice to meet you. So have we been treating you well? Very well, thank you. And your wife, she had a good time? She sure has, it's been great. The whole thing's been great. That's our secret. Kill you with kindness. <laughs> this movie uh, is amazing. so wrong. It's got everything. Guys, it's got, oh, it's got every. Can I tell you really quickly? I just want to tell you what my experience with the movie was. So in 1996, my mother and stepfather got a divorce and it was, it was a bad divorce. It was very painful for my family. And, you know, we won't talk about that part. What we will talk about was the, the next year was very much a year of me and my mother, like bonding as a unit. And, um, so part of that was movies. We went to see every 
movie we could together and that like we movies were very much our how we bond because we in part part of that too is like we're you this know is, sarah can this is not a movie that you see with your mom i was 11 years old Oh, I was 11 no, years old. So, no, so no, here's, no. here's exactly what happens. Oh, so my, my mother, you know, we're, we're bringing, you know, she brings me to these movies because Sarah can attest to like me and my mom also like not the most talkative people often. Like as much as I'm talkative on this, like we like, especially like if we're recovering from something, if whatever, we're very much people who like to just kind of zone out and like be in our own mm-hmm. thoughts. And so the movies are perfect for that. So she just knew all she knew about this movie was that Al Pacino was in it. It was about lawyers it looked really interesting. She was at that point, like starting to to dabble in, um, you know, and looking at like maybe a career transition into the church. So like it was like, oh, the devil's advocate. Oh, that's interesting. Y'all, I sat down at the Circle Cinema right outside <laughs> of Boston College uh, in the movie theater with my mother. And we sat down to this film. Um, the first sex scene, gratuitous sex scene, gratuitous. is within 20 minutes of the opening do you mean i mean the first scene in itself is 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 is, is incredible is keanu reeve you know (laughs) destroying the character of this poor young child in gainesville florida have other teachers ever asked you to stay after class once or twice did they want to talk to you about your behavior objection immaterial goes to motive overruled you may answer the question well, I don't know what the other teachers wanted. You'd have to talk to them. You ever pass notes in class, Barbara? Maybe a note that made fun of Mr. Gettys. Um, you know, uh, is a case. He's 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 a lawyer defending, uh, you know, a client against a charge of child molestation, and um, you know, you have this the the first person you see in the movie is this poor young girl on the witness stand who's clearly been molested by this guy um and he like he, the guy's clearly guilty and yet keanu reeves launches into this tirade blaming her for her own sexual abuse right in here about mr gettys aren't you it was meant to be a joke have you ever had a party at your house barbara when your parents were away? Objection. Your Honor, this is way out of Credibility line. and bias. Overruled. Answer the question. Yes. Have you ever heard of a game called Special Places? You're under oath, Barbara. A man's career, his reputation, his life is on the line. This is not a joke. Have you ever played the game? Special places. Yes. That is the first thing. That is the starting point of this film. Is a, is a, is a, is a school child blamed for their own molestation. And it only goes uphill from there. It is it sets up the question, am I a bad person? Am, yes. I'm going to tell is you. Is what I'm doing wrong if I'm blaming this school child for being molested? I don't know. Let's take a movie and find out. Let's take an entire two and a half hour film to find out. Everything that is done in this movie is. Oh, my God. Red- it's and so so let's talk about the Keanu of it all, guys, because that's I yes. think where, where, why I chose this. And I, Alex, I want to hear what you think about this too. 
Um, yeah. It's your choice as well. Oh, his accent. Oh, accent. Boy. We got to talk okay, about his first accent. The, the Keanu accent. There have Listen. been several fantastic examples of Keanu accent throughout movies. Oh, his, um, oh my god, definitely his, one of them. His accent in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Listen, it, it was a bit of a shame, especially because his mom is actually English. But like, come on, we got we got to give him a pass for that. The making of that movie was apparently very tumultuous and odd. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I've heard yeah, that. I've heard that as well. And his his performance is notoriously Keanu. I mean that that Bram Stoker was definitely one of the ones that set him up for like, oh maybe he maybe he is just maybe he is just Keanu. Maybe the range isn't really there. But like, if you're, if you, you know, because I, Sarah, well, Sarah, you know a lot about Bram Stoker's. Because talk to us about what that rehearsal process was. Because they like, they almost rehearsed it like a play, didn't they? Like, wasn't they, they? They did. So Francis Ford Coppola got the rights to this movie, and he brought all of the actors to some cabin. I, I think it was in England, or maybe in like in the in the English countryside. He got all of the actors to stay and rehearse in this cabin, and they played endless theater games and like improvisational games and things like that. And a lot of these actors in this movie are just straight up like LA film actors. Oh yeah. I'm sure Gary Oldman loved it. And then everyone else is just like, what? Oh yeah. Gary Oldman, Carrie Elwes and Anthony Hopkins were just like, yeah, this is, this is what you do. It's I love this. But like (laughs) the, the guy who played the Rocketeer who, uh, who also played Quincy in Brand. He's a Campbell Campbell sibling. By the way, Cam, he's a Naomi Campbell uh, and Christian Campbell's uh, older brother. I, I, I always forget his name. Oh, really? Yeah, that's. Yeah, hold on, oh, you're... right now. Oh, Nev Campbell. Naomi Campbell. That's what happens when we were watching goddamn George Michael. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking Naomi Campbell. Really his freedom music for video. A <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, <laughs> Nev Campbell, uh, sibling Rocketeer. Let me find this guy. Because uh, uh, I, I know this because uh, this is uh, uh, yep uh, it's it's fuck it's uh, you're bad at Google. Oh wait, no, I'm wrong. No, you know what? I'm wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't gonna say anything, but I was wrong, like, I'm I don't wrong. think that's true. He looks. He, you know what? He looks like Christian, but he looks like Christian Campbell. That's why I'm. They, that's why I'm they could it. be kin. They could, in fact, be kin. They really could be. Um, but yeah, this this actor in the making of documentary, he's like he's just chiseled face very la hasn't done a day theater in his life and he was just like we were playing all these weird theater games and it was just really bizarre but like there are certain shots of how (laughs) francis ford coppola um had um keanu reeves kind of go outside in nature and read shakespearean poetry out loud because keanu reeves like he loves shakespeare and like so you see a lot of you see a lot of scenes of Keanu Reeves outside reading Shakespeare and practicing, and you know I, he he did his work. He did his work, guys. I just want to jump in there really quick. The actor's name is Bill Campbell, so I'm not Bill completely off. He is a Campbell. He's just not from the Campbell from the Campbell <laughs> Dynasty. Word word Campbell Dynasty. Um, but yes, good to know. Good to know. I'm not completely stupid. Um. <laughs> No, no, but yeah, I, I you know, it, 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 with, with, with this, I just, you know, your character is from Gainesville, Florida. Now, granted, Charlize Theron not helping you out. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not coming in with, with a consistent accent either. Um, but it was just, 
With Keanu, it was just so much. Maybe because he is a lawyer in this movie. Maybe because he's he spends so much time, um, you know, expositing, talking, um, you know, and it's a very verbose character. You just, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's it just hits you. It hits you hard. Yeah. It hits you fast. Well, I think um, I think I mean Keanu's placement in the in the Hollywood scene is a little like his character here, right? He seems like like a good down home Southern boy, right? Raised by a mom, you know, small town, just a nice plain dude, uh, which he is in this movie, except that he's like the best lawyer ever, not only in town, but ever and getting recruited. And so you get this fish out of water sense, right? He goes to New York and he can handle it, right? It's not about he's in out of his depth or anything like that, but like who he is as a person, you kind of stick with this idea that he's, he's got good, down home roots, right? He's, he's a mama's boy and he's, he's, um, and nothing about, uh, the script, the character in the script really says that it's really, it really is in the casting of Keanu Reeves that that stays believable, that there's, a, there's, despite everything he's agreeing to and the situations he's in, you still you do know, like him. Yeah. you do you like, like him. him, right? Yeah. You know that there's an innocence in there. There's a, there's a resistance to this evil. So. <sighs> but the evil is personified <laughs> by an actor named Al Pacino. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. <laughs> and while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that. Never. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Is that it? Why not? You can take every single sex scene out of that movie. You can remove Charlize Theron fucking slicing her throat. Al Pacino's performance would still make this film the most vulgar thing you have ever seen in your life. (laughs) All I wanted, and I never realized I wanted this until I watched it uh, recently, um, I wish that they had taken that last, the last part of that last act, the big 20 minute sequence between Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves, where it's, it's all just unbroken, you know, for forever. They're just talking to each other and the scenes evolving. If that had just been the whole movie, right in a giant office at the top of a building and the devil is trying to recruit you and just do the whole movie like that, Alex. <laughs> and I mean, just let the two actors like like that. That would have been awesome. Like you don't yeah. need the rest of the movie doesn't even make sense. Like you have to know because the movie's called The Devil's Advocate that he's the devil going into it, or else the first half of the movie doesn't make any sense. And when it comes out that he's actually like a supernatural being, it it doesn't. It comes out of nowhere and it doesn't oh. relate to anything. And like it, like the whole movie leads up to it's like it, it just to pay off this one big scene at the end. I I just need to jump in there. I need to say this. I called dibs on writing that play. I'm Absolutely, you did. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's going, a Nick Walker play right I, there. It's it. That's fucking brilliant. I would yeah. love to see that. Oh my god! Right, I would die. But what you got, <laughs> what you gotta cut is the Connie Nielsen sex scene. In that, you gotta cut that way out. That thing comes out of nowhere. Um, uh. Hit. yeah it's the whole thing well, it's not really that, a sex are you talking like at the end when she's like yes when he like plays her on the bed on the desk 
like well, have yeah, sex. He, but he does. They don't actually to, have sex though. They start to, and then he think. turns into Al Pacino. It's a, it's a, it's a trick. Oh my god, he's tricking the devil. I hate <laughs> that scene. <laughs> why does Why does Al Pacino keep getting hired to play such stereotypical? Jewish character. <laughs> it's his yell. It's his scream. It's that You're girl. You're an absentee like, landlord. <laughs> what is going on in The Merchant of Venice and then in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? This is an Italian man. Yeah. Hiring him to, like, it's Schwarz. I, I just, I'm not even Jewish and I find it very offensive. <laughs> it's pretty incredible that he has been hired to play Several these Jews guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just so crazy. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I will say though, Al Pacino's performance is vul- is absolutely the most vulgar thing. Second place only to Delroy Lindo's uncredited <laughs> performance as the goddamn witch doctor. Do we remember this? Oh my god! Where he's like in the basement, like cutting chicken heads and like speaking gibberish. It is if you don't. If you, it's just oh too much. God. It's so it's way too much. The whole movie's way too much. And again, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense because the movie doesn't even start playing with like biblical nods and no. stuff like that until until a while into it. When it's because yeah. it's supposed to be right. The premise of the movie being, uh, he's going to work for like this law firm that only defends guilty people, which is a cool concept, right? And it's run by the devil. Like as an elevator pitch, that's fucking amazing. Um, as a movie, you don't know any of that until you're almost done the movie that like, that's the whole point of what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, and sort of throw random voodoo stuff in and like, it just comes out of nowhere. Oh my God. It was so, and then Jeffrey it's Jones, pre scandal is in there, uh, you know, pre his. Yeah. But I mean, so in terms of Keanu in this, uh, and we don't need to spend too much more time on it, but, but I think, I think it really shows um, cause he does have range here. Right. And he's, he's, he's wild eyed and a little bit, you know, pretty boy hollow, but he's also got passion about stuff. And, and you see in his face, uh, the, he doesn't know what to do. Right. I feel like that's what really what an actor needs to be able to portray is, is conflict, inner conflict, he does. Uh, which, which he does. He does portray inner conflict. I will say though, I think I think that what I love about about this movie, I think that I think that okay, looking at his performance in the Matrix, right? Um, this I think that Matrix doesn't happen without this movie. Um, and I'll tell you why because I th- I feel I don't like think Constantine does either. I don't think well, and and here's 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 the thing. He you know this movie comes at the at the point in his career where you know every every leading person actor gets this in their career when they are paired up with the with the with the heavy right mm-hmm. it's like it's like the younger the younger up and coming it's it's you know michael b jordan had it with creed um and sylvester stallone like you you pair the younger one up with the older one and like they have like a it's like them going head to head and it's very exciting for the audience to see like the new generation and the older generation batted out you know and mm-hmm. this is this is his first foray into that um and he you know he al pacino runs away with this movie and there's no way that any actor can wrangle it back um but this i think that dealing with this you know what amazing preparation for when you truly are the centrifuge 
of your own mm-hmm. film being the matrix right where it it's truly the keanu show and the and the 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 universe spins around him um and and the one thing i will say about that performance is watch it again matrix he is grounded like i i, I got to say as for for all of his like i know kung fu like like that shit like it is actually a really grounded performance like that's the only way i can mm-hmm. describe it like you, you're like yeah i follow you exactly like we're saying he is that 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 you know average joe who just happens to look like a greek god um you know but but we want to follow him and 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 it works and i think that whatever you know kind of ill fit that this movie may have had um mm-hmm. you know i i wonder if it prepared him for the matrix because that that was a different actor to me in the you know two right. years later a completely different it's actor. Only two two years. Yeah, Matrix is Matrix is ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, this was ninety seven. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I would not disagree oh, yeah. with that. So De- Devil's Advocate, I it's love just, it. It's just, and it's a yeah. pretty bad movie too. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, go, go watch it. This is some pitch. All this. You must need me pretty bad. What do you want? Well, Eddie was right. I want you to take over the firm. You and your sister. Is that it? No. She's ovulating right now. What? Your vanity is justified, Kevin. Your seed is the key to a new future. Your son is going to sit at the head of all tables, my boy. He's going to set this whole thing free. You want a child? I want a family. The Antichrist. <laughs> Whatever. Get drunk and awful. So, Sarah. Yeah. So Sarah, yeah, cue us up. Let us, uh, you know, tell us, you know, describe describe your movie to us. Uh, and let's see if we can guess it, um, you know, by by how you describe this film. Now, now which movie or which choice are we talking about right now? Please forgive me. So it, I'm a wonderful you, wife. I'm a great partner. Gift, you are. You are. Give what are, us what are your, we talking about? Give us, give us like your prime Keanu. Like when you think of the Keanu movie, Keanu movie that gives you the most joy. What is that movie? Des- describe the opening of that film, and then we can talk about the honorable mentions and the one, you know, the ones that that are like right below there, or maybe like right on par with that. But like, what is what okay, is so not not my favorite Keanu Reeves performance, but like the quintessential quote unquote Keanu essence. Based on based on all the stuff we've talked about today, where like yeah, what is what is the Keanu? The Keanu movie for you. Yeah. What is the Keanu movie? Oh, I can't choose. It's I. I have it down to two. But I'll, which one? Okay. Which one do I'll, you think we would want to talk about more? <laughs> I'm not even sure if you've seen this, but I. I, I okay. So. Oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> um. I kind of gave it away already, but but. <laughs> <laughs> the movie starts with like, 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 like a xylophone type of situation. <laughs> um, very festive music. 
and you see um, images of pizza going across the screen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> of pizza? Nope, not what I thought. Yep. <laughs> and then, Sarah, you got it. <laughs> and then and then you see um, a very tan Kevin Klein floating with a sea of women. Yeah. Um, and you see the fabulous Tracy Ullman and River Phoenix uh, have banter. <laughs> the movie is the. Uh, you tell us the title because it's. I mean, the movie. I the movie is, of course. I love, you. I love you to death. You know my cousin Marlon. Well, of course I do. How are you, Marlon? What? This is this is actually my this is my favorite Keanu Reeves performance. It also does kind of align with um, what I think the quintessential Keanu, what even other people would think of the Keanu Reeves essence. Again, um, a huge reason why I'm such a fan of Keanu Reeves is he has more range than most people think. If we're gonna waste the dude, we ought to get paid for it, man. That's the American way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not communists here, you know. We're Americans. We've got a right to make a living. He's, again, he has very good comedic timing. He's hilarious. Like, there's Bill and Ted's excellent adventure where he's just doing comedy. But this movie in particular, he's, he's acting opposite William Hurt most of the time. And they are just being utter clowns. But it, it truly is some hilarious work. Um, and you know, if we're going to talk a little bit about his range, it's just like he, in every single performance that he has, he always subtly inserts comedy. He subtly inserts, um, romance. Like he is the rom-com he's done rom-com. He's done romantic tragedy. And he always does squeeze in a little bit of leading man, uh, Mm -hmm. energy, but regardless, it's, it's, I love you to death. It's just let me, so let me, good. Let me it's jump so in on this for a second. Let me jump in. I've never even heard of this movie. You should, you should watch it. I mean, it's very it's like it's like straight it's not up great, but it's it's like it's like yeah, it's like an early nineties like black but, comedy. Yeah. It's but but this is I just wanna this is something that, that I just wanna be clear about with Sarah's choices of film and Sarah what Sarah looks for. Cause it's something that, that is very unique, I think, to you, Sarah, where you it's it's hard to describe correct me if i'm wrong i think that one thing that you really love in a performance are idiosyncrasies do you know what i mean like like i feel like one thing that makes you laugh or like it's almost because the things that make you laugh sometimes are things that i don't even know if they are like just watching them i don't know if they are intentional on the actor's part like i don't know if do you know what I mean? Like, cause they're just, they're like these behavioral things that happen that like, like maybe are studied things, but I, they're just so natural sometimes that I don't know if they are. And like, like they're, it's very much like, just like, I've just noticed that that is something that you love is and, and, and find hilarious or like the little idiosyncrasies of people. So like, it's not even like there are lines in this movie, like the experience of watching this movie with Sarah, there are lines <laughs> in the movie that are very funny, like that truly, to truly land. And Sarah will laugh at some of those lines, but it's more like 
the awkward looks that like William Hurt and Keanu Reeves share, <laughs> Sarah just like will go into peals of laughter for like five, 10 minutes about like about these little idiosyncrasies. And I think that that is, am I correct in saying that? Like that is something that is in this movie. I, that is something that I do love in, mo in, in a lot of things in, in this particular performance. I think there, I think there might be less idiosyncrasies that you think I laugh at than uh, you might think. Um, fair, because fair. because these two comedic performances are very very choreographed, very very clean, uh, very very funny. Um, I think it's less I think it's less improvisational, um, and like I think there was less room for those wild natural moments. I do laugh at Joan um, Joan Plowright. I, I think that's her name. Her little moments and River Phoenix's little like idiosyncrasies in this film. But Keanu Reeves, that's a clean performance. It's a clean, hilarious consistent comedic performance. You took a taxi. How could you do that? What's wrong with that? You came here to kill Joey. So what? Also, it's generally not considered a very good idea to take a taxi to the scene of a crime. Hey, man, look. Be cool, okay? I mean, you know, the dude's only a taxi driver. So... Could you set up the plot? Set up the plot of this movie for us. So yeah, I want to know what's it about. So yeah. it's it's kind of based on a on on true events, but um, Kevin Klein plays um, an Italian immigrant. He lives, I forget, I think that I think they're in California, um, but he owns a pizza place. He is married to Tracy Ullman's character, who's doing a flawless American accent, um, and he is a serial cheater. Kevin Klein cheats on his wife like crazy and she has no idea but like river phoenix plays her friend who's low-key in love with her and he's like you don't see that your husband is cheating on her and the amazing joan plowright i think that's her name plays from her, her mother um so um tracy ullman tries to kill kevin klein um mm. because she feels utterly made a fool of um, so she tries to kill him a couple of times with the help with the help of her mom and River Phoenix's character. It doesn't work, and then um, and then they end up hiring these two ridiculous clowns <laughs> to kill Kevin Klein, who are, uh, who are Keanu and Hurt, who, who are Keanu Reeves and William Hurt, and they're just utter messes. And they end up they end up shooting him in the head and like in the heart. But it oh takes my God. it takes forever because they're so stoned. <laughs> <laughs> um and like kevin klein doesn't die <laughs> it's just like this whole thing it's a ridiculous Jesus. film but it's it's amazing i recommend people watch it <laughs> and it makes sense to me that you would be drawn to a movie about a woman trying to kill her husband that, <laughs> something about that alex just we works. have been having this conversation for the past two days everybody thinks i'm gonna kill nick literally everybody i know thinks i'm going to murder my husband one day like they think but in reality it's gonna be me because you've asked me to do it for you and I yeah i mean someone you. else is gonna take the fall it's gonna be yeah you know no yeah. no one no one will think of you we'll live happily you, want to be clear. you heard it here and first exactly you heard it here. if nick ends up dead you know oh why the, ex the extent to which i would botch that <laughs> <laughs> oh be, like, be like the lady killers of tom he Hanks. was he was bludgeoned 17 times and he's he's like burned somehow on his leg like what happened here I don't, but that but that's i mean that's kind of boat involved sarah isn't that the part that is true that they like actually did shoot this man in the head and he did survive 
Yeah, because um, in one of the previous assassination attempts, um, Tracy Holman and her and her mom in the movie put a whole bunch of sleeping pills into spaghetti sauce. <laughs> so he eats all the spaghetti with sleeping pills in it. It slows down the bleeding, and that's why he doesn't die from the gunshot to the head and the gunshot to the chest. <laughs> oh my god! It's so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous it's it's but uh, but i do understand i do understand what you're talking about and and it's you know yeah it, it, watch it i'd be very interested to see what you think alex like it, you know it's yeah. it, it's it's a very is it, i mean is it so emily is not super into like really violent or gory it's like, not there, no it's no i would not say. anything like that no no not at all it's it's a very it's okay. a very light kind of dark okay uh, comedy yeah, school what school man you know Pledge allegiance. Oh yeah. Hand over your heart. Yeah, right. I, I pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America, America and to the republic and under to the one invisible nation. Nations under God whose spacious God skies and amber and graves of liberty for all would d- deliver us from freedom. Harlan, I can't watch this man. But if if I may, just so I don't go too on, just so, just so I don't go on and on on your lovely podcast, that is my favorite and quintessential Keanu Reeves performance. But I just have some quick honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu Reeves's work in My Own Private Idaho and his work in The Gift. These are two. Really, really um, surprising. So I guess the Katie Holmes movie. Um, it's with Kate. I, I, yes, I think Katie Holmes. I'm gonna look it up so so we can make sure we. You know, we already we already I already or, exactly. so or was see. it? Um, but anyway, it's it's with uh, Kate Blan- Kate Blanchett plays this kind of fortune teller woman and yes, yeah, who's from the south. And I think I think Keanu Reeves plays Katie Holmes's husband yeah it's and he, directed by sam raimi jesus yeah and yeah I, yeah it's good I, I i think i remember katie holmes for for different reasons uh, oh, we, oh, we jesus christ is there like a nude yeah, scene but, yeah i think so god damn it alex well maybe don't maybe go back to it was like it was like p it was like just post dawson's creek i was like 11 of course i'm gonna remember that <laughs> terrifying <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, I'm a terrible person. Yes, you are. <laughs> but but anyway, so in in the gift, Keanu Reeves plays um, a, a wife beating, very violent, bigoted husband. Uh, and this is a performance that I don't think people would realize is in his wheelhouse. And he does he does a, a a good job. And again, his work in my own private Idaho, it's very very yeah, uh, nuanced. Yeah, it's very, very nuanced and quiet, but there is a lot going on behind his eyes. And the relationship between him and Little mm-hmm. Jesus in that movie is truly, truly beautiful. Um, so yeah. I really I really encourage people to see both of those movies before they're just like, this guy can't act. And he's only he's just only incredibly one note. Just like, no, he, he's really right. not like not not a lot of people can can do what he's done in his career. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah can I ask you this? When. um. When Keanu was on the ground and could not fire at Bodhi and instead chose to fire into the air, you know, screaming, um, 
uh, Bodie, of course, played by the late great Patrick Swayze. What was behind his eyes then? His eyes were squeezed shut because he was screaming. He was screaming. He was screaming. His, his, his eyes were squeezed shut very tight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's what was going on behind his eyes. He was, <laughs> he was heartbroken. He didn't want to hurt his friend. A great ass. <laughs> now, if you want, if you want a nice uh, early Keanu, like I think this is pre Bill and Ted. This is probably why they gave him Bill and Ted. Uh, he played the older sibling's boyfriend in Babes in Toyland. Wait, yeah. What? Have you ever seen Babes in Toyland with little no. Drew Barrymore? We're talking yeah. like E.T. Drew Barrymore in Babes in Toyland, uh, where he like, they're all in the car singing like C-I-N-C-I, singing about Cincinnati in the car in a mm-hmm. snowstorm. It's like a very wholesome kids movie. And then he's like the prince who like, whatever. Uh, it's like a Wizard of, Wizard of Oz, you know, dream sequence kind of movie. Um, and he is so positive. He's so, because usually Keanu's got that like, there's like a, a darkness around it, right? There's like a fog of, of anxiety that goes into what he's doing. Um, and this movie is just so wholesome and Keanu is so, cause it's a kid's movie. So it's way over the top. His emotions go over the top and you could tell he's probably high the whole time. It, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal fun movie as, as I remember it from, you know, being very little and having it on VHS, but, uh, yeah, Babes in Toyland. Watch it. Oh my god, I haven't seen that in so long. He he does so bring, long. He does bring a certain innocence to, especially he does. when he was younger. I think that's why he got. I think that's why he was so good in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because these were two people who you knew you know wouldn't hurt a fly. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's also why he got cast in in Dangerous Liaisons as the character that he did get cast as. He was the one who set the plot to right, so to speak. He was the moral one. Uh, and that was right. for Bill and Ted as well. Um, it's all because of Babes in Toyland. It all goes back to it Babes. It all in goes Toyland. back to Babes in Toyland. I, I will Ooh, say love it. one of the things I do love about Keanu Reeves um, is is you know I I love that you know especially in today's day and age where it's like so many actors I think fall into this trap of you know putting themselves out there in a way where it's you know you you have just as much of a of a social you know, gossip presence as you do uh, an acting career. Um, Keanu has never quite, at least at least as as much as I've seen, especially like in this later, you know, half of his career, has never. Oh my, my uh, my headphone just fell out. Nope. Good job, asshole. Thanks, baby. What Love you. Um, God. He's never he's never quite fallen into that, and he's always been. Um, you know, he is, he is famous for donating to several charities. Um, I know, uh, uh, his sister, uh, had a battle with leukemia and he founded a cancer foundation. He also, he, he builds motorcycles. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he he volunteers at charities. Um, he's, he's had his fair share of tragedy in his life. Oh yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's been through a lot and it's, he's a gen, he just seems like a genuine guy. Kind person. Like, here. The, the one that I love hearing about is is he was on uh, a flight that got brought down because of snow or something like that early. They had to land early and it was like an hour from their destination. And so he hired a bus to drive everybody on the flight the rest of the way. Yeah. I, it was like so a commercial sweet. flight. And, and to get everybody there, he paid to have buses take everybody the rest of the way. Well, and he's like, 
so he, cool. he, I mean, and he, that's kind of how I'm looking at this quote here talking about how he views money. And he says he, he's been quoted as saying money is the last thing I think about. I could live on what I've already made for the next few centuries. So he just gives it, he understands that this is, you know, it is like, it's all, it almost seems like he just believes that when you get this, you, you give it back, you give it to people yeah. and, you, and you help people. And that's, that is something that very, you know, it's, it's a very rare thing, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I just love that that is, uh, that is who he is. And, and, uh, I, you know, don't know him from Adam, but he just seems, Kiana, you seem like an awesome freaking person. So thank you for everything you do out there, man. You're cool. You're cool. I saw him once in real life. It was pretty, it was, I had a, I had a really intense fangirl moment. Me and him both saw the same closing performance of the Seagull, Kristen Scott Thomas. Uh, Zoe Kazan, um, it, uh, Peter Star- Peter Starsgard, I think, was in it as well. Um, the last performance was a Sunday matinee, and I remember I was in line. <laughs> I, I asked the guy in front of me, I was just like, "Is this the right line <laughs> for ticket holders?" And it was Paul Dano because <laughs> <laughs> his girlfriend was playing Masha, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I think so." I was like, "Oh my god, thank you so much." <laughs> Thanks, Paul Dano. Thank you so much, Paul Dano. And then all of a sudden I hear the most intense cough I've heard in my life. It was like, like, (laughs) and like, I look to my left and I see Keanu Reeves like amazing kind of power walking to the door he he looks very put together but he has really really bad cough and i think he might have been like limping a little bit i don't think he was feeling well that day (laughs) but he had like he was seeing this performance he was like in the he was in the either the first or the second row and i remember just um at the top of the show but especially during uh intermission loads of people came up to him to like talk to him or get his autograph and that doesn't usually happen very often when you see actors like just in the audience at new york theater usually people leave them alone but he was very gracious and very kind and i remember him giving each person like a lot of genuine time and attention and i was just like man i hope i hope your cough improves mr reese (laughs) i love i love when people do that it was you know who you know who did that that i was actually like and i shouldn't have been shocked because this i've actually heard this several times um uh, Zach Efron. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he came I've backstage at Hamilton, and he was like, "True." I mean, I didn't meet him, but I like, I, I I just saw him. Like, he I was going out. He was coming in. He was like, "Hey, man, that was great. That was so." And like, like truly was like going up to people and like talking to them and asking them questions and like truly just like I just love that. I love when somebody is yeah. that big and can still be genuine. That just makes me. Yeah, um, a so friend happy. of mine is a producer on his recent show, uh, something like like Zach Efron oh, yeah, yeah. trying to kill Zach Efron. Try to kill Zach Efron. So he's a, a producer on that. So he was telling me how they were in Southeast Asia somewhere, and they actually had to um, they had to fly him back to the states. Like he literally almost died doing it. Like he oh. had a medical helicopter fly him back to the United States in an emergency. It was pretty pretty oh my nuts. God. Yeah, uh, but he's but he, you know I asked him a little bit about about. Efron, he said, yeah, he's just like the nicest dude ever. That's awesome. Aww. It's good to you know. know some celebrities, Nick, are dick holes. Are yeah. Just big dick holes. I mean, so tell me if you find one, man. You hate to see it. You hate you to know? see it. 
you hate to see him go that way. But, uh, you know, some of us are just not celebrities. We're just guys oh. out here in the world, you know, trying to make it, trying to make it work day by day. Thank you for being a friend. Uh, anyway, you know what I mean? Uh, Sarah, you are a gem and a, a light in this universe. Uh, Why do you keep saying thank you for being a friend? Because <laughs> it just what? reminds me. Is this a thing? Is this like a, <laughs> is this a thing of yours? Like you just you always go back to the Golden Girls when you're when you're hosting this particular podcast. <laughs> I just thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. I, you know, I, I think I am in a Golden Girls mood today. Okay. Um, I don't know what that's about, but we I'll, did watch the Star Wars holiday special. I forced you to watch the Star yes, Wars holiday special with me the other day, and Beatrice Arthur has a song in it, starring Beatrice Arthur, Harvey, <laughs> Harvey Corman, <laughs> Je- Jefferson Airplane, <laughs> and, and, and introducing Boba Fett. <laughs> and oh, Diane, so really, and Diane Carroll. So really quick, then. So I assume you guys caught up on Mandalorian. Oh, uh, yes. Let's just really like the whole thing that Disney has set out now. Uh, so I, I don't want to give any spoilers because it's still, it's still. No, just, we got to We got to say, say this. All right, turn I, it off now if you haven't watched yeah, the last episode. I want to ask your opinion, Alex. I know what I know what me and Sarah have been talking about. So here's um, our question. Yeah. Do you think? that season three is just Boba Fett or is no, it? No, no, no. Did you, did you see the, did you see the post-credit sequence? Did no, you see yes. That? But that's what we're wondering. Yeah. We're, no, we're, that, it's his, it's his own show. His own show. So, so oh, Amanda oh, Boba Fett is going to be its own show. Okay. So is my understanding of what it is. They wouldn't just, they wouldn't just not have Mandalorian season three. See, that's um, what you think, but I'm also no, like, because I mean, Disney just they just came out with this whole slate of shows, right? Like they just announced 18 different Marvel and Star Wars TV shows. Uh, I think Boba Fett's one of them. My concern with this um, is that is that Boba Fett is now an old fat man. Stop. <laughs> like Stop this is not this is not the cool gangster bounty hunter from the 70s. Uh, who was going to, you could believe would roll around and be a badass. This is somebody who doesn't fit in the suit anymore, who also has shown you that he's a good guy, right? He has taken off his helmet and proved that he's actually a genuine human being with emotions and is a person and not just a walking suit of bounty hunter armor, uh, which is what Bilbo Fett was up until a couple episodes of Mandalorian ago um, when they kind of reintroduced him or like, they, all of a sudden, they just added this depth that he had never had before. Uh, my concern with an entire show based around this person is like they've set it up to, for him to be like the new job of the hut, <laughs> and I just don't think that it doesn't feel like that's who he is. Well, okay, Sarah, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, right off the bat, we see that like we see him sit on that throne, but they they completely do away with any sort of slavery. So we, we, we do know there are some morals there. We do know he does have a strict right. code because I, I, I do think you, you can't you can't have a Boba Fett show without exploring the dark side. And I think something that they did keep is that like he's he's real good at blowing shit up. You know, like he's really, really good at that. He And I think, he, I think right. they went out of their way to show that he likes it. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of I think there's going to be a lot to work with in terms of, yes, this is a man of honor and he has a very specific code, 
but it is mm. his code. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be fun to kind of be like, is he into sex slavery? No. Does he honor his agreement? <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, will he blow right. you up? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I guess it's I interesting because, like, yeah, well, we, we, we don't, you know, because we, all we ever saw of him was he never spoke. He just showed up to be badass for a few minutes and then supposedly died, but actually didn't die. So, like, it kind of is a blank slate, and I'm just hopeful that that it goes the right way, that they feel the same right. I think they will. I think I, I don't think that I think that what's wonderful is you set this up again. You know, I was reminded of this when I, you know, watching this episode, um, you know, we are so used to the morality of the Jedi and of the Skywalker clan that we forget that like these people don't exist in that moral spectrum. So like while mm. they are making choices that like to us in the context of the Mandalorian seem like, oh, they're good people. They're still they're not rebels and they're not empire like they just exist in this middle ground. And so I think that because like when Luke came in, that's what I was struck by. I was like, oh yeah, Luke. And I was telling this to Sarah, like we've been so used to watching the, you know, Mando and, and Bo-Katan and all these people fight that when you put them up against Luke Skywalker, like you, you all of a sudden remember, oh yeah, Luke is actually a whole right. other level of badass. Yeah. And, right. And that I think is, is kind of the fun space that these people get to like, it, I think, I think honestly what I, I was, I just had this thought. I think what John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done so successfully, if you look at all of these TV shows, you you have literally built a Star Wars TV universe of like all Han Solo clones. They are all coming from <laughs> Han Solo archetype. Like every single person is straight up like playing with that like rogue who maybe has a heart of gold. That is every single person on in the show. Like even Ahsoka Tano, who yeah. like you know like is you know like the most Jedi of all is also like the Jedi don't exist anymore. It's even like everyone's in that moral gray space. So I think you can with every one of these characters. There's a lot more modern than, yeah. than, I mean, a new hope is so patronizingly a like moralistic. Yes. It's just yes. good versus evil. Like so simplistic in all, in all of yeah, that. So it is nice to see them have gray because yeah. TV is so good at gray, right? They've got the time to explore it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's where we're going to live. So can, can we talk really quickly about Michael Bean and Michael Bean's acting choices? Oh yeah. Let's talk. In, in the Rosario Dawson episode, I was, I was kind of bewildered because yeah, you were very like, upset the entire time. It's just like this. Okay. That, that is Michael Bean. That is Kyle Reese. That is the father of the revolution. You know what I'm saying? And Michael Bean. I don't know where, he made those choices from he's just some dude who's following orders and he tries to shoot mando but i have orders time, i gotta follow orders i got orders but the whole time he's just making like i did not realize that that's who that character was, that was that's michael michael in the ahsoka bean. episode yeah yes. that's, that's michael bean yeah that's the actor yes. wow. that yeah it didn't it didn't click when i was watching i know i recognized him from somewhere i just kind of brushed it off he was doing this weird voice and he just looked so bored the entire time. I yeah. Mean, I was I was very happy to see him in this show, but I was just like, What what is this man yeah, doing? It did seem like he was trying like a laid back because like no, I mean, looking at his work before, do you mean like I I I'm thinking of tombstone, I'm thinking of tournament like 
this is a guy who can, in fact, act. Like, really. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He made some out-of-the-box choices in this episode, which I think is why, you know, he he had such a successful career. And I respect it, but I was just like, what's going on, Michael Bean? He was very laid back. Super, super <laughs> laid back. Incredibly laid back. <laughs> Incredibly, uh, almost, almost, <laughs> almost, almost undetectably <laughs> laid back. <laughs> His work was almost imperceptible to the human eye <laughs> and ear. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Sarah. I think it's. I think you're right, and I, I, I am excited for the, uh, for the, for the Star Wars, for like the new Star Wars universe. I think this is. I think this is exactly. Yeah. The you know what moment it was? And we're going way beyond. I assume if people don't want to hear about this, then they could have yeah, turned this off already. So we can just keep going. Um, <laughs> the one moment in the last episode between all of the stuff, the Luke Skywalker reveal, the Boba Fett. The one thing that really gave me, that made me happy and gave me confidence that they were in the right place from a storytelling perspective was the Alderaan conversation. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Where they finally, cause that's always been the thing, right? Is like, wait a minute. Like they just blew up a, the death star where there's like, there's a lot of people living on there who had nothing to do with any of this. And they're celebrating the murder of all these people it has always been like the running joke, right? Because the original movies were so more, so black and white. It was like, okay, we defeated evil. What blowing the Death Star up means we defeated evil. So to see a character in that universe actually say, You killed millions of people on that station. Like my friends were on that station. There were families on that station. Like you celebrated it. You were dancing in the streets because of this. Like that that felt more than anything like the setup for where this is all gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I think that that was a. Th- I think that sadly, and Sarah, you brought this up uh, today. That was a theme that I think Ryan Johnson was trying to explore mm-hmm. in the Last Jedi. Right. But I, I, but maybe the movie, maybe it just wasn't the vehicle. Now, here's a question I do have for you, Alex. Uh, yes. And me and Sarah have talked about this. When the hell are they going to stop with this de aging bullshit? This oh, deep. That was that was really disappointing. I was and like um, it, they had me until he took off the hood, and I was like, and I mean, I was still affected. I mean, and, and this we, says this says to me, okay, Luke Skywalker will not be a character yeah. on the show then at all. If they at had all. brought it in, if they had found somebody who looked like him, and very obviously with the black Stan. and the hand, like somebody who could be Luke Skywalker, have him show up because that says, hey, next season, this is like somebody that we're gonna play with now. This is gonna show yeah. up. Uh, but this way we know he's going to remain this mythic character, even though they've, you know, it's, it, and it looks terrible. It just looks God. It looks bad. It looks bad. The first, you know, when, when he takes his hood off and he didn't say one word, he looked very good. You know, he looked good. He looked good. I feel, I, I'm not sure about, you know, the technology. I, I was thinking it would have been cool if, they had the reveal of him from the front and then the rest of the scene could have been him maybe in profile. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It, it would have added right. a really cool tone, but it just wouldn't have looked so terrible. I'm not sure if the side view, you know, requires more muscle work. I, I do not know, but um, that, that did not look good. It really no, did I, not look uh... good. But, and, and it's interesting because, you know, when it did look good and, uh, you know, so Peyton Reed directed this, who, uh, you know, is the director of the Ant-Man uh, part of the franchise of the MCU. Um, I will say the the only time I've seen de-aging that I was like, ooh, that actually looks great 
was freaking Michael Douglas in Ant Man One. That yeah. first one was like, holy shit! Oh my as god! Far, as far great. as it goes, I mean, I think the Irishman's the only one who's that's really pulled it off, and they didn't really they pull did it off, not, dude. They did not. We got it. Okay, it's about as good as it can get. No, dude. Here's the Irishman no. was proof to me. Okay, here's the and we talked about this. The issue with the uh-huh. Irishman uh, was that like. <sighs> Like you had it really, I will say they pulled it off maybe for the scenes when they're supposed to be in like their late forties, early fifties. Right. Maybe the scenes when he's supposed to be in like his twenties, thirties and yeah. is supposed to have the body of a 30 year old man and is like hobbling around. <laughs> it was, it literally just looked wrong. It just, it just was at that point. It was like, just, just hire a different actor. Like it's too much. Right. It doesn't work, um, and they tried, and they and I good God bless them for trying, and and you know, and obviously all those actors are just incredible, and we want to see them on screen as much as we can, but um, yeah, I, I did not think the Irishman was success. I thought it was a it was a grand experiment that failed grandly. Uh, <laughs> That's fair, but Michael Douglas to me in Ant Man, I thought that was, I thought that was like Chef's kiss. Great, looks so shiny. It was, it was, it was very shiny, you know, and they, and it was almost good in Captain Marvel. I was, I was impressed by Captain Marvel. Cause I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like, I mean, you're having to work with this guy to like get him back to, you know, his Pulp Fiction days and for, and sustain it for an entire film. Um, and they kind of did like, I was kind of like, okay. Um, but yeah, Michael Douglas, yeah. you know, I, who knows that I, I think we just need to let this go and find more like we accept that Mark Hamill is now very, you know, is much older. Um, and he played a character that will forever be iconic. It's weird too, is like, we've seen him old now in the movies, like in that universe, we know what old Luke Skywalker looks like. So now we have old Luke Skywalker, we have young Luke Skywalker and we have young CGI Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, it, it, it adds an element to Luke that we didn't really, I don't know. Just it's like at, after <laughs> after Return of the Jedi, he just got really on his skincare. He started getting all of these moisturizers, right. and his skin just like as he got more powerful with the, the Force, the the shine, the sheen yeah. of his skin also got more powerful. Moisturized. Yeah. That is. The moisturized the, Jedi. The topical power of the Force. Mm-hmm. Guys, what, what would you guys have it's done? Many chlorians right there. All up in his face. Oh, yeah. What, what would you guys have done if this dark cloaked figure makes his way through the Star Destroyer, green lightsaber in hand, destroying dark troopers, every left and right, opens the, the blast shield doors, Pedro Pascal standing there, ready to fire at him, guy takes off his hood, and it's Al Pacino. <laughs> 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 what? Playing, playing what, what a flight! <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think this is like the nerdiest episode that we've ever done. I think this is uh, it. I, I like I like the whole getting the movie the the movie choice stuff out of the way, so we can just talk about talk Star about Wars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. That's really what the episode's about. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> let's 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 spare them let's wrap it up and spare them because the, we'll, we'll oh just talk all about the shit but uh oh, sarah you are amazing thank you thank you thank you for being a friend i got it in uh, uh thank you thank you so much for having me this was awesome 
you're the best um you're the best guys please you know uh, as we as we close in on the light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic um you know please please take care of yourselves please do the research please um you know look into these vaccines uh you know it is it is a real pandemic and these are real vaccines so <laughs> please please read up uh and 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 own this knowledge for yourself um so that you can you can be uh you know like right you know it, it really we are we are we are approaching uh what can hopefully be a, a new era of this thing so let's let's stay in there and and uh and stay safe everybody you know stay safe good good words good thoughts thanks buddy all right guys we will see you soon have a great day little justin little justin little justin Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.